Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the first Streaming Video Alliance podcast. I'm hoping that we're going to make this a recurring thing, although, you know, you never know. It's kind of tough to get uh, interview interviewees, uh, but we have a really great one today with Michelle Munson, uh, who's the CEO and founder of Alluvio. Uh, you might know her from her Aspera days, but uh, she's been in the industry a long time trying to improve streaming and improve, uh, you know, things like that. So this is uh, it's going to be a really cool interview. I think in the future, uh, you know, we'll probably do a little news recap or some stuff like that. But, uh, you know, for this first go, just want to focus in on uh, on Michelle's interview. And uh, and of course, you know, if you don't aware of the Streaming Video Alliance, you know, we're a global technical association, uh, you know, a lot like SMPT or uh, or CTA or, or ITF. And, you know, we focus on solving critical technical challenges in the streaming video space. So our working groups, which you can check out on our website uh, at streamingvideoalliance.org, you know, they cover a lot of different topics like, you know, advertising and VR and metadata and live streaming and privacy and protection and, you know, a bunch more. And, uh, and they produce documents, uh, which we make public after they've uh, gone through some member ratification so that uh, people in the industry can take advantage of them and make their streaming offerings better. Right. That's what we're all after, improving video quality at scale. Uh, so we want all of our viewers to have a great experience with streaming, uh, you know, similar to broadcast, to have trust uh, in the infrastructure, trust in the signal, trust in the quality, uh, so that when they just, you know, click the power button, it just goes on and it works. Um, and that's what we're driving towards, uh, of course, in a, in a secure environment. Uh, but with that said, you know, we've got a couple of uh, events coming up. Uh, you know, we have our uh, Q3 member meeting. So that'll be a virtual meeting like we had in May. This one will be October 12th through the 15th. And all of our working groups will be there. We'll have uh, uh, some really cool presentations as well. So you can, you know, kind of just hang out and learn and, and then also work on, you know, working group topics. And obviously these are member only events, uh, unfortunately. So if you're not a member, I mean, I highly recommend, you know, checking out the website and figuring out how you can join uh, so that you can start contributing to our efforts. Um, we do have another event coming up in November, which will be our third uh, meetup. We call these stream ups. Uh, that one's open to the public. Like anyone can come and check that out. And you should. We'll have a couple of cool presentations there and a trivia game and, you know, some virtual like uh, socializing, you know, grab a beer, grab a cocktail, grab a wine and hang out and chat with people in this uh, this little cool eight bit environment. Uh, and then we've got a, a couple of webinars coming up to one in October and one in November. Again, those are open to the public. Uh, you don't have to be a member to, to, to join and, and learn more about the topics that we're talking about. We'll be talking about, uh, I believe, edge and, and video, uh, you know, sort of how is the edge going to be employed and, and utilized uh, in streaming video going forward. Uh, that's in October. And then the November one, I believe, is, uh, you know, about making live sports better. So uh, we've got some great panelists. You can go on the website again, uh, streamingvideoalliance.org and check those out and you know, hopefully register them, you know, register for them. And obviously they're all on demand as well afterwards. So if you can't make a live one, uh, you can always go to our website and check out our webinar section. You can see all the past webinars there. You know, all the recordings are there for you to listen uh, to uh, at your uh, at your leisure. All right. So with that said, let's uh, let's get started for Michelle. Um, let me welcome her now. Hey, everybody. So uh, we have in well, I was going to say the studio, but the studio is literally my office. Uh, we have in the studio Michelle Munson uh, from Alluvio. And, you know, what we're going to talk a little bit about is, you know, kind of content delivery, this whole concept of how do you get, 
you know, video content out to people uh, who are streaming better, right? There's, you know, lots of challenges and issues associated with content delivery, even though it's an established industry uh, with some really big companies doing some really, you know, heavy lifting. There's obviously always places for improvement and different means and methods and mechanisms, you know, about which to do that. So um, why don't we say, uh, Michelle, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, who you are? (laughs) Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me today. Um, uh, Indeed, uh, I'm one of the founders of a new company called Alluvio, and uh, we have taken a a pretty radically different approach to video content over the internet. And uh, we couldn't have anticipated what would happen over the last (laughs) year, Um, but it has really brought to light really everything that that inspired us and and then accelerated it a lot. And uh, I, I think your, your comments about the, the situation are spot on. Obviously, we have major heavy hitters that are achieving uh, you know, tens, hundreds, maybe even hundreds of millions of, of concurrent audience, streaming everywhere, doing everything from entertainment, obviously, through work and school. And uh, when you step back from that, you say, well, why would we want to consider doing anything differently? Right? <laughs> and uh, I, I think that kind of ties into my background. Um, I've been working in content over the internet since graduate school. Um, the first company I worked for is Fast Forward Networks, which was uh, kind of Whoa. interesting in its time. It's <laughs> yeah. one of the first uh, multicast overlay networks and uh, came out of Berkeley and uh, got sold to Ink to Me. And um, that's how I sort of uh, learned uh, anything at all, if you will, about uh, professional software engineering. And then I went on to start Aspera. And I, I think uh, some of your readership will know that from our listeners. This is an online That, that is true. Yeah. Listening, <laughs> right? But uh, so some of the folks listening to this might know Aspera for high-speed file transfer. And um, that was a, a, a deep but very focused technology. And over the, what was it, 2003 to 2017, the 14 years, that um, started led the company, um, including under IBM, uh, which we sold it to, uh, got a, a deep understanding of, of the way the, the industry works on the backside. And that is how the, what are really the file-based workflows of today came to be. And um, to get to your point, uh, what happened through that is obviously we had some glimpse to the emerging video ecosystem, right? And when you take a step back from that, you see a couple of things. One, uh, since I care a lot about the internet as a transmission media, it became very clear and I followed some of the early ideas of content-centric networking uh, that started like in 2006. It became very clear that the way we're sending all the content is it um, has a lot of duplication at the at the byte layer and the routing layer. Totally. And without getting super into the weeds on that, right? What, what really happens in the internet is IP routing is opaque to the content itself. Now, no one could have anticipated when Van Jacobson did his first paper on that idea, what would happen in the COVID explosion, right? And, and we actually saw what, what he projected during <laughs> uh, the March period, right, in Europe, when we had really um, a, kind of a congestion collapse uh, uh, that required of the core internet that re- uh, just basically required the major streaming providers to lower bit rates in order to, yep. to keep things sustainable. And then the second point is the industry and its ecosystem, right? We we have a, a situation where, you know, quite honestly, the 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 if you will, the profitability is is really in the hands of the infrastructure owners. And what happened with content is the companies that got large scale internet power were able to then um, start to to control content production. 
uh, original content programming became um, really the the way that everyone competes. And you, if you take a step back from that, you can see that that it it, it, it was really difficult for content owners, if you will, and even creators behind that to, to be able to uh, control distribution. And what why is that? One is a matter of scale. Uh, and then, and then, second one is is also some of the complexity in the in the technology. And then we have this mass sort of reorganization of the industry that's happened to to try to gain power in that in that distribution. So, what can we do about this as technologists? That was your question to me originally. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> why are we doing this? Yes. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Well, so if you take a step back and look at what we're doing with video, right? A lot of the content is the the same in the version based approach that we, that that we that we do today. Correct. The second thing is that it's ultra hard. It's hard in terms of amount of technology you have to put together to get really consistent low latency experiences. So the third problem is it's hard to personalize content at scale, right? And and then and then lastly, we have a assumption that we're going to knit together a lot of microservices and a lot of different vendor systems to get from the source uh, video, which could be stream or file, out to the final end product, which is mostly adapted bitrate streaming. Yep. Um, the dominant parts of that today are traditional CDNs based on web caching, right? And then upstream of that, what we think of as lots of cloud services, uh, transcoding, uh, specialized services for ad stitching, for example, a lot of storage and compute that backs that, and then a lot of aggregation that sits on top of that, right? And and that's kind of the assumed workflow. So um, the the idea with Alluvio was to say, if, if we were to really um, make a platform that was native for content and, and built for scaling internet experience, internet video experiences, um, what what could we do in technology to innovate around that? And uh, we, we took what you would call a decentralized design philosophy that allows for programmability and componentization in the content from the source to the final consumption. And um, I can talk to that as we as we visit more about this. But what we've ended up building is a global network uh, it, in software um, that runs on nodes. It's flat, uh, and it, al- it allows for having this kind of just-in-time content experience that really scales and delivers consistent low latency. Um, we were the benefactors of a few things that changed in computing around the time we started this. And we started working on the ideas in 2017 summer, and then uh, really kicked it off in in early 2018. And um, the things that changed in computing that we had to work with were decentralized design philosophies. You can thank the blockchain community for that. Um, Secondly is what I would consider content-centric routing combined with uh, which we invented a lot in but was inspired from Van's ideas right at the application layer. Uh, Third is just-in-time video which you can actually do in software if um, you approach it correctly. Uh, what I mean is transcoding and packaging. And, and, sure. and, then, and then finally, uh, especially with the, uh, the, the compute resources we have today and uh, uh, through GPUs, et cetera. And then, and then finally, the, the, the most important thing I, I think of all is the, the, the fact that you can literally combine together smart data with code just in time. And, and we've used ML. Uh, for uh, native video understanding directly in the content and then also new technologies such as WASM and LLVM for just-in-time code that's part of the media. And uh, this has turned out to be an extremely successful architecture. Uh, We got it into production, um, well, we had our first customer actually last summer at this time, and then we got it into mainstream production at the beginning of this year. And uh, we've been able to have uh, quite a few successful deployments now 
and and uh, obviously there's a lot to say about um, direct um, exhibition, if you will, creator to to uh, to audience on top of this because it, it makes that possible. Yeah, without we'll a doubt. I mean, that. Yeah. <laughs> that that was that was a mouthful. Uh, I but, know it was a lot. It was a but lot there's actually say, but there's a big story there. There was so <laughs> much stuff that you said, which is really interesting. I mean, the first thing that we all know, right, is the internet as we know it was never invented for things like streaming video, right? That's not That's right. what that's what it's not what it's good for. Um, yep. And it was interesting when you think about sort of like Akamai, who was the CDN heavy hitter, when they first came out, it was all about small object optimization. It was website performance web, improvement, web that's right. you know, and then that's they right. rolled into video. Um, and then, of course, you had sort of that transformation, you know, kind of around the summer of 08 with the Olympics when things went you know, for video went HTTP chunked, right? When everything started becoming little segments and then all of a sudden it was like, well, we can adapt uh, the internet to sort of deal with this because it's it's used yes. to these little objects. We're good, but it's yes. it, but it's like what you said. It, it you know it was never invented for content, and so That's I love this idea that you're talking about with the Luvio. And I and I think there was a word you had on the website, and I don't know if you guys still use it, but it was this content fabric. And I yeah, love right. I, I loved that. I thought that was really a cool way to describe you know kind of a you know, almost like a retooling of the communications between servers as part of a workflow for delivering video that is that is flat. It's not this, right. you know, because we always refer to it now like the technology stack, right? And, and you have yes. this image, you know, of 50 things smashed on top of each other. Exactly. Um, but we know that's not how things work. It's, you know, we, we've changed, you know, sort of software paradigms. And now we, you know, again, like we said, we, we moved to microservices and everything's distributed. Thank you, blockchain. Um, and so that, I mean, a lot of stuff you said resonates a lot with, you know, with sort of how I think content delivery should move forward. Um, you know, we've got lots of these, you know, CDNs and, you know, many of them are member companies of the SVA. So that's course, great. Yeah. Um, but they and they have some of them, they have different approaches, right? So some of them are like private networks, so least wavelength kind of an approach. Um, some of them are, you know, algorithmic, right? So like Akamai, I mean, Akamai's got some pretty crazy, like, I mean, insane mathematical genius, crazy, like algorithms routing stuff around internet congestion. I, I always give them props for this. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't take it away from them. But the problem is it, it doesn't solve the fundamental issue, right? The fundamental issue is the internet as we know it today, not built for video. So, right. so tell me a little bit about sort of, you know, you, you, you talked about that you guys were working on this, you know, in sort of 2017. Mm-hmm. What, where yes. did the inspiration come from? The inspiration come from, yeah, great, great question. So honestly, uh, the latter parts of Vespera, um, the larger media companies that had used our technology heavily talked to me, um, several at the same time, saying we are facing a video, uh, let's say, growth curve that's really scary to us, meaning that <laughs> yes. we do not see how we're going to support the audience demand with the way we're currently delivering. And these folks are at the top of companies, so they're mostly concerned about the money, sure. how much it was costing them, and they were projecting out what it was going to look like. And, uh, it, you know, when you unpeel that as a technologist, then you start to go back and look at just your point, why is it like this? And, and I, I think it, the, the, it's easy to just like point a finger at the CDNs. CDNs are not what is at the root of this, right? The root of it is what you said, which is why, why internet, why the internet right now um, is not um, suitable, uh, right? The way, at least the way that we built the infrastructure for what video is right. doing, right? And and that's and then that's what 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 led to uh, 
the, the inspiration for this. And then um, we were, as I said, the other thing that crossed over at the same time was computer science changed in a couple of ways. I, I do want to say this one bit that is hard to see because it's in a different domain. But the, the idea of decentralized data protocols, if they're done right, starts to give you the component layer that you would want if you were going totally. to make a network that could serve video that was very fast, if you will, for read in large numbers, which is what video is, is really about, right? And yes. then that also can free you from file I.O. And I will say, you asked me about inspiration. Well, being the <laughs> file transfer person, I knew about every single bottleneck and every workflow that comes from file I.O., sure. right? And what you want to do in real-time video is get rid of that. But then you ask yourself the question, well, okay, it, what are those files? Well, they're, they essentially are today's sort of dumb, um, flat representation of what is componentized video that yep. we use over and again, right? And then that leads to the idea, well, if you could compute on componentized video at scale, how would you do that, right? Um, and, and that's really where distribution comes in, which is why I think that to, to just crit, critique the CDNs is really not the, the right view for all of us. Um, the CDNs are an outgrowth of just what you said. The fact that uh, people have been taking what is essentially a web caching infrastructure and uh, trying to apply it to chunked video consumption, yep. right? And then also the, the, the world that, that we've grown up with, right? I think also my own opinion is that this was made doubly bad by the growth of, of what we call public cloud services. Nothing wrong with cloud as utility computing, it's fantastic. <laughs> but people got the idea that you would just glom on top of this, all these microservices, and yep. that was the way to do it, which has made it even more expensive and more complicated and more redundant. Well, and think about it too, it's like, I always, I always find it funny because um, maybe up until recently, maybe like a year ago, I had never considered the importance of the edge server in the delivery chain, like the physical box itself. Like mm -hmm. working for Limelight, you know, they had a they had a bomb um, that they fine tuned for the way that they were delivering content. So I knew that the hardware was important, but I never understood like about server balance. So if you have an imbalanced server, so let's say that you have, you know, the wrong card in relation to your hmm. bus, in relation to the number of memory channels you have, in relation to the kind of memory you have, it, it you know, your, your throughput on your server is never gonna be that great. And so, you know, when you think about the box itself, the physical box, like the public cloud is composed of a lot of physical boxes. And, and you can only, um, you can only actually, you know, expand so much. There's only so much power. There's only so much room. And so now when you've got everybody who is, you know, starting to use public cloud, um, you know, obviously that's going to get crowded. And so that's going to reduce the efficiency of those machines. And that's going to reduce the efficiency of that microservices architecture. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, there is we're almost pretending with public cloud that like there's an infinite amount of resources available. Like I just throw it out the cloud, I'm good. Um, yeah. But that's- well, well, and I think if we take a step back and this maybe this is our bias as, as software developers, particularly interested in content. If you look at the guts of video content and especially end content that's consumed, right? It is inherently componentized, meaning that what you watch and what I watch, even if perfectly personalized, right? Has a lot of the same components in it. Right. Yes. And, and if you then think about what we've been doing with file-based workflows and, as you said, the cloud microservices, what we do at each stage is make a flat um, representation 
of that content and as a file, and then we pass it off to the next stage. So all of that commonality is lost, right? It's lost oh, yes. in that in yeah, the yeah, workflow, yeah. right? Then, then this, and, and IMF people get that in the static form, but yep. nobody's gotten that over the network or in the storage, right? Then the next piece that's really interesting to your point, Jason, about the cloud workflows too, is then, then once the, the appetite for video explodes, like it has now, right. you start to back up this problem everywhere. The first is what we said in the beginning, which is the core of the internet bloats up because of all the bytes yep. uh, that didn't need to be transmitted so many times over due to the opaque routing. Right. The, the, the second thing you start to run into is the, the problems that we see with low latency, which is if you're doing a brute force approach as opposed to exploiting componentization that's away from file I.O., instead built for real time, right? right real time, right. Uh, if you will, pipeline transcoding and transport, if I could say that, right? Um, if you're doing that in the traditional way with reading files into transcoders and then transferring that out to some caching system and then allowing that to transmit on out again, right? It's it's almost impossible in that world, especially when you add an application layer protocol um, request and response like HTTP to get anything real time, even with the CMAF chunk based encoding, right? right. It's almost if you you're, you're you, you can't win. Right, um, so so that becomes your second problem, which is that we do not have a real time transport and transcoding mechanism that couples with the componentized video that doesn't exist in the way things have have worked. Right, with uh, you know the today's uh, hierarchical caching based solutions with transcoding. Right, um, and and then finally personalization. And this is the other thing I want to say is then everybody now, because of this this mass consumption of video, everybody's interested in personalization for obvious oh, reasons. Yes, yes. Ultimate consumer appetite. Well, this brute force approach is even more difficult with personalization because you can't get the benefit of commonality at all. Right. Oh, that's a good point. Um, which, uh, which means hmm. that, you know, in our view, if you go back to first principles, if you, you did the right thing in a software stack, you could natively exploit componentization through a network that's capable of programmable video and you could build it with real-time transport transcoding such that you, you could have native low latency. And um, <laughs> that, that is what the, the content fabric is, right? And I think that that's what allows it to have this um, super bandwidth efficiency and then also be very low latency without effort, right? Um, we do happen to use um, fragmented MP4, uh, which of course is you know the state of the art among other low latency solutions, but we're able to maintain that end to end without the usual in, in, in impediments based on this, this architecture, right? Right, 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 yeah. exactly. So. I mean, you know, Michelle talking about, you know, this, you know, low latency approach and all of the issues with mm -hmm. the, the current ways that we're doing that, you know, there are s some efforts underway to to get us back to sort of that real time or ultra low latency approach. There's, you know, on the contribution protocol side, there's things like RIST and SRT. And then, you know, on the distribution protocol side, there's, you know, it's kind of like WebRTC. But, you know, does does scale hold those back? You know, kind of where do they fit into the picture of Alluvio sure. and, and how Alluvio is approaching this? Yeah, yeah. So, so in a way, we would really be different. We we don't use any specialized protocols, and the the low latency 
um, live um, delivery performance that Fabric achieves is due to its architecture. Um, we serve standard adaptive bitrate streaming from the Fabric, and we take in sources directly in Peg Transport Stream, for example, uh, as, as live sources. Um, I think the the root of the uh, problem, and I guess the the root of our solution to this, is um, to really rethink the architecture that is allowing for low latency, live edge, if you will, that's you know within seconds of the source, by virtue of the things that I talked about. Right. That is that not only is the the, the inherent structure of the fabric componentized and avoiding, um, if you will, you know, redundant transmission uh, through what you think <laughs> yeah. of as a routing layer. Yep. It also works in a pipelined and, as I mentioned, non-file I.O. real-time manner. And if, if those pieces work together correctly and worked hard in our software implementation to make that true, you natively get um, a live stream that's at the, at, at the live edge is, is, is coincident with the broadcast source. Right. And it doesn't require, and this is the thing I, I guess I wanted to, to kind of stress back to the earlier point, it doesn't require any special effort to do that. Right. Um, as far as then thinking about, um, you know, long distance ingest protocols or that sort of thing, I, I mean, I think they obviously have their place. I mean, I worked on, on FAST for, for 13 years of my life. Right. And, and <laughs> when you apply it in a real-time form, right, it, it does exactly that. I think there's also obviously a place for what we call uh, real-time protocols of WebRTC to support the the types of collaborative video platforms such as Zoom or, or, yeah, different or something use case. like this, right? Yeah. It's a different use case. But when we think of as what broadcast quality video over the internet, 4K and up, uh, that is ultra low latency, right? Live edge is coincident with broadcast. This kind of architecture is ideal. Yeah, no, no. And it's, it's, you know, clearly, you know, kind of what you guys are doing is um, let's just call it call it a fundamental change, an evolution of the way that yep. we deliver because we're not going to reinvent the Internet. So we've got to deal with what we have. Um, yep. And even, you know, looking at HTTP2 and HTTP3, looking at Internet 2 and Internet 3, I mean, looking at these, you know, basically improvements in protocol and pipeline, which would allow for more bandwidth, still doesn't solve the fundamental issues that the Internet itself and the the fundamental bricks upon which the protocols were built, like TCP and HTTP, are not designed for video. So I love this sort of evolutionary shift. And you know, obviously, that takes it takes time, right? It takes time to convince people and help people understand. Like, look, here's what you can do with you know delivering video your way. And it's kind of funny. I guess you could almost you could almost draw a parallel between you know how video was delivered prior to. Um, chunked video happening so you know delivered via you know rtmp and rtsp um and then after the fact so it was kind of like this evolutionary change of video and here you're almost talking a lot an evolutionary shift in the architecture of distributing that video and that's that, right. that that's that's, right. that's really cool um so let me ask you this kind of like you know what do you see right now you know, based on your perspective from Alluvio and, and where you've been, what's the biggest challenge in distribution right now? Is it, 
you know, is it latency for live or is it scale? You know, what? Oh, that's a yeah. I mean, I I think it it might be hard to trade one for the other, right? Sure. In the end, it's probably all about scale because scale's what puts us the pressure point on all of this. At scale, it's hard to do things brute force, right? Oh, that's and a good point. I, I think yeah, that's that's what's different now is that the, the sheer scale of the COVID revolution, and if I can call it that, in, in internet <laughs> yeah. video, yeah. is what, what has really brought this all to a front, right? So on the one hand, you, you have this pressure to monetize, right, on the content providers. Yep. And then on the other hand, you have this mass consumption, right? And you put those two things together, right? Time to market um, demands, uh, reuse of the same content demands and then huge streaming volumes, right? And that's yep. where people start to really see the weight of what's been done so far. Uh, the weight in terms of how much it costs, the weight in terms of how much effort and time it takes to get new things out, yep. right? And uh, I think that's that's really the guts of what's driving the change. And, uh, um, you know, uh, to your kind of tying back to your earlier point about um, innovation around di distribution. Uh, I, I would say yes, uh, innovation around distribution and what is also really um, uh, in a way uh, production, right? Because of the <laughs> fact that it makes it possible to really get to reuse of, of, of media intrinsically, right? Um, yep. With programmability, right? Well, and it's interesting too, like, I mean, you know, Multicast ABR, for example, as a technology has been around for quite some time, um, and we have never seen widespread distribution of it. Um, and that's, you know, that's got a lot of a lot of issues related to that. But ultimately, the idea was like, OK, maybe we can apply multicast ABR to OTT and we can improve the delivery of it that way. But I think what we've discovered is multicast ABR really only works over a managed network. Exactly. And That's so, the problem. Yeah. And That's so, and so yeah, you, you, it's like, it's funny. It's like trying to solve new problems with old approaches. And so I like yeah. Alluvio that you guys are thinking of a new approach, which takes into consideration Correct. some of the, the technology um, innovations we've seen over the past couple of years. Like when you first said, you know, distributed, I was like, oh, thanks, blockchain. You know, it was just, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and so well, that, and that's me, interesting. Go ahead. Maybe just explain a little bit about the tie to blockchain, because I think that's an area yeah. where people can also get really tripped up, right? So so everybody knows about cryptocurrency and has right. some idea, positive or negative, about it, right? But as, when you get into thinking about, you know, video and internet networks, particularly software networks, the thing that's really powerful from that uh, that the blockchain revolution is the idea of decentralized protocols where agreement yep. does not require any centralization of state. Exactly. Right? And I want to stress that. What, what makes IP routing so fantastic? It is absolutely decentralized. You can bring on a new router and nobody else has to change, yep. right? And also the protocol is self-governing, meaning you know that if a router's doing IP routing, it's doing it right period, right? It's, uh, and, and that is the key idea in decentralized protocols from blockchain, which is there are uh, provable, cryptographically correct, algorithmically correct mechanisms for decentralized agreement. Yes. And when you start to apply that to componentized media done right at scale, then you have a way that you can break the barriers and throughput that we've been living with, with, with what are largely, they're large scale distributed systems, CDNs and clouds, but they're not decentralized. Right. right? And um, furthermore, 
is really inexpensive if you've done it right, because decentralization means you can continue to self-scale, right? Um, and so I think that philosophy is the key idea coming out of what is the blockchain revolution that, that then allows for thinking about video at scale differently. The, the second thing I think, Jason, I want to stress was also the security side. And one of the things that, that adds to the centralization of state are the walled gardens. Oh, that, yes. That yeah. professional media, right? Media for money um, sort of lives in. Why is that? Because everything has to be trusted, trusted to not allow yep. piracy, right? And and so the other fantastic uh, branch of innovation or, or new tech that comes out of the blockchain community is what we think of as trustless cryptography, right? And we have deployed that um, in mass in in our in our in, in the production content fabric and also in our thinking, right, about this. So that the content itself is self-protected from the infrastructure due to the trustless crypto, which means the content can go everywhere. Super that's, efficient, right? Yep, and it means right. we don't have to maintain these walled areas, which also create, they recreate expense and friction in the workflow, and they also slow everything down, right, which is a, an, another matter. And, and then I, I said this earlier, but I, I think it, it has to be has to be said in this, which is you know putting code right. This is also an idea that is made more possible by the the, the, the sort of blockchain philosophy. Um, we don't we don't um, how should I say uh, you know uh, interface what is the fabric with a with, with a external blockchain. I mean the the fabric itself in a way is one right. Okay. Um, but the idea of code that's able to run as part of an object is a is a really cool design philosophy that if you do it right, right, you can start to think of some of these personalization functions yes. that, um, that that can go into the media itself. And then you can scale it, right? Because you get reuse of the same components and, and you can also um, scale the personalization. So no, it's, it's, it, yeah. it, it's got a lot of you know, tentacles from that, from that new world. And ML, of course, is the, the other thing we didn't have to work with. You know, think about years ago at the Spera, yep. there, was, there was no scalable machine learning, right? And, and that obviously is very helpful to the, the data that drives this kind of programmable media. Right? No, absolutely. I mean, and it's, you know, we've been, or I, I guess I've personally been exploring sort of the applications of the blockchain concept to, you know, to streaming video for a while, um, mm -hmm. you know, and it's interesting to see sort of the evolution of blockchain as it relates yeah. to the cryptocurrencies, because when Bitcoin first came out, right, it was obviously, you know, that was the sort of genesis of a practical application of blockchain technology to cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. and, and it had a lot of issues. I mean, when you talk about like, if you want to get involved in the Bitcoin, Bitcoin blockchain, like, that's a that's almost like a 60 gig download to have the ledger <laughs> on your system. The ledger itself, it, it, yeah. It's it's nuts. Um, yeah. And it was interesting to see then Ethereum, you know, improve on the blockchain by yeah, doing exactly absolutely. what you just did by putting the ability to put basically code as part of yeah. the blockchain object. That's right. So I mean, watching this evolution of blockchain is now I think finally presenting itself as, hey, could blockchain replace DRM? Could blockchain, you know, be a viable security mechanism for establishing identity and trust with, you know, with video objects? And so it's it's great to hear you guys really embracing that technology and, and 
thinking about an innovative way to apply it as sort of a fundamental feature of your architecture. Yeah. Well, one thing I will say on the practical side is we've worked really hard to bury it into what is compatible with today's world. Oh, right? that's cool. And I, uh, that just and, and it's essential, right? We wouldn't have production customers if we, we hadn't taken that approach, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just so one thing is um, scale, right? So so we do things in um, our implementation that that allow us to scale the transaction throughput, so that oh, good. that can't be impeded, right? Okay. And that's that's a classic thing because you think about consumer video, uh, yeah. it, it's it's essential. Another thing is authentication. Um, we also integrate with standard ID services, auth, auth services like OAuth. OAuth, And, yeah. and sure. our blockchain authorization um, accounts for identity or integrates with identity from existing systems, right? And and, and then I think the, the other thing that's been really important to this is to um, get the design point right around the data, the, the, the data functions in the content fabric versus the lightweight access control of the blockchain functions. Because if you put any of those data functions into the blockchain, it would never scale. Right? No, no, absolutely, and, yes. <laughs> and, and so I think these are really important points that um, mean that you can't just, or you, I mean, the generic you, one would, as an engineer, not want to take, you know, a, a, a simple approach to glomming a blockchain on top of a cloud network and right. say, oh, we have blockchain control content distribution because it yeah. just wouldn't work. You're just right. like, uh, no, <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> right. To your, to your point. So, but um, I'm super excited about that community. And then also there's the monetization, right? And um, let, oh, we yeah. didn't talk too much about that, Jason, but I, I do want to get on that right so the bane of the media industry's money, right, is rights. Uh, sure. it's oh, rights. Absolutely. That's how yes. money's made. Yep. That's how money's made. That that's how monetization is managed. And um, I think one of the great upshots of, of this kind of architecture is it allows the rights to be intrinsic to the object, right, and and functionally part of yeah, the, that's very cool. the contract, right, and tied tied policy then binds directly yep. to the the contract. That's the address of the content in the. In, in, in the chain that is the fabric, right? And and that that is um, something people have been talking about a lot in practice. And I, I want to get to this because we've got now several customers doing this, but they, it's very seamless, right? Um, what happens is the policies you think of for rights control, like avails control on titles in yep. film and TV, and then rights control like SCUDDY 224, or yep. broadcasts a protocol, right, in terms of linear. Those policies are then, um, they bind to the, the contract that is effectively the, the object that, that backs the individual stream yep. uh, component in a channel um, or the, the title or even the supporting asset that's part of what's being distributed in OTT for, for VOD. And, and that means that what everybody's been you know doing with Windows and stuff and distribution control becomes so much simpler and so much more, more scalable. And that's, I think, where you really start to see this rights can be, can, can be really intrinsic. And then, of course, the other thing is because it's built in and people don't have to do anything it's friction free then you can start to explode that to get more monetization right, right exactly no so. no i mean and that's that is you know it is a huge issue and it's not just a legal issue in terms of you know sort of rights holders and rights management and rights attribution it's a technology issue um it is. and, it, and yeah. it sounds you know it sounds like you guys are taking a very, you know, a very practical stab at addressing yeah. that in terms of, you know, the architecture or sort of the fabric you've created, which is, which is very yeah. cool. You know, again, so I'm, I'm, you know, as a, 
you know, as a geek, um, I'm I, I'm excited to see sort of how Alluvio shapes in the market and how how it shapes the market, right? So it, you know, if if you're taking an evolutionary approach to content distribution, yeah, sometimes it's a little harder to get you know everything going, but once the you know once the ball starts rolling down the hill, I mean, there's just you know there's just no stopping it. So um, I think. I'll be watching is, you know, what is the fallout of Alluvio? How do we, you know, how many other companies are going to be looking at what you've done with blockchain, for example, to say like, oh, oh, that's a great approach. I wonder if, you know, we can do something for, you know, our industry or even if it's not streaming video, something, you know, some other approach that takes kind of that fabric analogy, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to to different areas. So I'm, I'm very interested to watch that. Um, Okay, so we've got to wrap up here. I do have no one more question for you because because uh, we are talking <laughs> about streaming video. Um, yeah. All right, what are you watching right now, right? What streaming service <laughs> do you tap first and oh, what's, what's your go-to show? Like, I, I am the biggest geek for technology on earth. So every <laughs> single day um, I watch uh, Bloomberg Live TV tech review because oh, cool. I love it so much, which is such a, a nerdy thing that to do. That is totally a nerdy thing, um, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry to admit to everyone, I, I love to know what's <laughs> going on in the industry, and that's kind of like background. Um, uh, probably a little more interesting, I'm a big fan of Freakonomics. I don't know if uh, people know that. And oh, no. uh, I listen to the Freakonomics podcast. That's very and, cool. Uh, yeah, and I, cause I, 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 I like that point of view. Um, and uh, the, the other thing that um, I was gonna tell you that uh, I think is important in the, the streaming, uh, the streaming revolution is what we do personally, right? And yes. since my, my whole life, uh, I deal with the, the homeschooling bit um, like everybody does. And I also deal with the fact that my CrossFit club uh, has everything on Zoom. So <laughs> I probably spend half my, uh, 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 my my life dealing with that kind of streaming as well. So I, I get a little bit of everything. And, no, you uh, definitely. I, I like a lot of content. Definitely sounds like it. I actually just ordered one of those mirrors, which is mm. the the fitness mirrors. So you, they basically. Yeah, they're working. <laughs> I, I, I haven't received it yet. As soon as it comes, I'm, I'm, you know, that I think that for You're me be is commercial. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's great that we do have, you know, we do have personal takes on, on video, right. And how it's incorporated into our lives and, right. um, you know, and it's not just video, it's, it's really sort of media, right. As you said, the podcast, um, so that that's good well, to hear. It's it's a new form of information, right? And yes. I, I think no, as we said at the beginning, no human could have anticipated what this last year would be like. No. But the greatest thing for this industry is the fact that it's exploded everyone's understanding of how important video is as a means of communication, right? So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, cool, Michelle. This has been fantastic. I have learned a ton uh, about Alluvio and had a great conversation with you just about content delivery in general. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for being on our inaugural podcast. You are the official first of the SVA podcast going forward. So that's, hey, that's something to say. I'm going to send you out a little certificate or something that says, I was first. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Thanks so much. But anyway, thanks a lot, Michelle. Wonderful, Jason. All right, cool. Yes, we'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Bye.